to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. Today, I'm going to talk about how metrics matter. Before I get into that, let me thank our very first sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. Jonathan was in working out yesterday and I was talking to him about professionalism and was talking about how to me the most important thing in any field is to have the proper credentials because number one, it means you know what you're talking about or hopefully, and number two, that you really have the desire to go out and get it instead of just thinking, well, I'm going to make a buck and I discussed with him how his field and my field are pretty similar in that regard, that a lot of people think that they can make a buck doing something. And if you're relatively fit and you can think you could be a personal trainer, make a little bit of money, but that doesn't mean your heart's really in it. And you probably didn't go out of your way to invest in yourself and your education and your training to be ready. And uh, I know that's also true for real estate agents. And we saw a lot of that over COVID. A lot of people decided that, uh, you know, they're just going to get into the game. And uh, I got burned by a couple. So they're absolute professionals. Jonathan actually has a degree in real estate. And Lynn has her MBA from Florida State. And they were, uh, they were ready to go from the get-go. So give them a shout at thegildengroup.com. Now, metrics matter. A lot of times there's this big debate over quality and quantity. And to me, it's not really a debate at all. We need both. We need the, um, you know, the focus and the contraction and the squeezing of the muscles that you really can't measure. We need the paying attention to the foot strikes. We need to be paying attention to the foot strikes when we run and our form. Those are all intangible things that you really can't measure. There's no question that form and feelings and perceived exertions are important, but we need metrics too. So there's no debate. We need both. Now, a lot of times people don't necessarily want to focus on the metrics. Let me just start with an easy one. And that is the body weight scale. That is a metric. It's a metric of how much we weigh. Now there's a lot of variables that go into how much we weigh. It could be we're holding some water, we're holding sodium, which is making us retain water. There's a lot of variables involved, but nonetheless, the body weight scale tells us our body weight. So I've seen the debates all over the place that discuss whether or not we should weigh ourselves. And like everything, there's a big, it depends. But I don't like when I hear people say that they're not going to measure because it stresses them out and things like that. Now, I do agree with that if somebody has been predisposed in the past to some form of an eating disorder, and then I absolutely agree with that, or even if they tend in that direction, or if they start to get unhealthy 
because they do it. But in the other cases, here are the facts, here are the statistics. People that weigh themselves keep their body weight more in check. I mean, we just know this. It's been studied over and over and over. One of the things I told people early on, and I continue to, is, well, before we change anything, meaning give you a diet, which I absolutely hate to do because it normally doesn't work, but before we do that, I just want you to start paying attention. Weigh yourself and log your food because then people are seeing what's going on. And if you're like most people, and let's face it, we all are like most people, we're all a lot more alike than we think we are. We always think we're very different, we're special, we're lesser than, we're greater than, you know, that's all feeling different and special. Reality is we're all very much a lot alike. So studies show that if you weigh yourself every day, you're gonna have an easier chance losing weight if you need to and an easier chance maintaining your weight. So that is like one metric I wanna use an example of. So, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, I don't really feel like Wayne, and I heard that maybe it's not that good for me, and they're not in that camp of ever struggling with eating disorder or similar symptoms. They just don't wanna do it because they know the outcome isn't gonna be favorable, so they just quit doing it. and. That is a problem, right? Because if we're just avoiding it because we know we don't like what we're going to see, well, that's not good. So metrics absolutely matter. Look, I get it. We're all human. We might have like a really you know, bad night. Maybe it was Thanksgiving and you overate or Christmas or whatever, whatever holidays you celebrate. And you're like, you know what? I'm not winning this morning. Okay. I mean, from time to time, sure. But when we see people start to really get away from different metrics, and I'm simply using weight as an example, we tend not to trend in the direction that we want to go. Because if we can measure it, we can change it. So we really do need to focus on some metrics. Now, one of the principles in physical fitness is progressive overload. Like, we know that. Like, that's another thing that's been tried and proven, that if we strive to better ourselves, we are probably trending in the direction of bettering ourselves. And if we don't, if we're just kind of going at things chaotically, well, we may see some results, but the best way is to have a measurement of what we're doing and then strive to get better. Let me give you a couple good examples. So I have two different concept two cardio pieces at the gym. I have an ergometer, which is a rower, and I have the bike. And technically a bike is an ergometer too. But So I have the concept two bike and I have the concept two rower. Both of them are set up on variable resistance, which is why I like the concept two brand. And what variable resistance means is the harder you stroke or row or the harder you pedal, the faster you pedal, I should say, the more resistance it gives you. So it's variable. It picks up your level of speed and it increases the resistance as you go. Now you can change the damper settings for sure, but it's still based on the same premise. 
So they're really good to do intervals on, and they give you solid metrics at the end. In the case of the bike, it's going to give you average watts. Well, a watt is an extremely measurable variable on a bike. It just is what it is regardless of the conditions. So a watt is a watt. You're turning so much power or you're not. And on the rower, it's the meters that you traveled as long as, again, you didn't manipulate the damper settings higher or lower. But if you go more meters, say in 10 minutes, then you're going harder. It's a measurement that you can really measure. And again, there's no variables. I mean, it's not like you have to deal with wind in your face or the uh, current or anything like that, because this is a stationary rower. It's not going anywhere. So this morning I did both. I uh, have a different routine I do, but this morning I did both. And usually when I do these two devices, I do them together. And then other days I do different versions of cardio. But, you know, I'm like you. I mean, we always think we're different. I'm like you. I'm like, oh, God, you know, this is going to be work. I'm going to do 20 minutes on the bike. And, you know, it's a hard day. I'm not saying, and I'll, I'll explain this at the end, but I'm not saying we go for it every time we work out. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that metrics matter. And I'm thinking, well, gosh, it's going to be hard. I'm going to have to go hard here. I'm going to have to push hard. And so I was dreading it. I was putting it off. I drank another cup of coffee. And uh, luckily for me, the universe said, get up and go, because I realized I didn't get all the vinegar out of the coffee pot as I made one this morning. And so my coffee tasted uh, pretty acidic. So that got me up and moving. So I got on the old bike and I pushed. And once I got going, I said, all right, all right, let's try to have better average watts than the last time you did a hard day. So again, you want to keep everything consistent. If it's a hard day, then you want to try to get better. It doesn't mean you'll get better every time. It means that you strive to get better and trend in the right direction. So I did, I pushed. Then I got off there and, you know, I had every reason in the world why I wasn't going to do the rower after that. Cause I pushed pretty hard on the bike. I said, Oh, I'm not going to do the rower. You know, you know, I did it yesterday or I did it the day before I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to wait everything you guys do. And instead I said, all right, hold on, hold on, you know, just, you know, get on there and go easier. And I'm like, oh, you, you can't do that. It's a, it's a harder day. It's an intensity day. So instead I, got on a recumbent bike and I did five easy minutes to bring the heart rate down from the other bike. And then after that, I said, all right, let's go. And I ended up pushing for the 10 minutes that I wanted to do on the ergometer. And I ended up going by the meters I'd done previously. So whether we like it or not, we have to do what we have to do. And I'm just trying to give you like real life examples that we all go through it. Even us so-called fitness health nuts, we all go through it. But just because we can justify and say, well, the numbers don't matter, we're lying to ourselves. The numbers do matter. And absolutely, we'll come to a point where we're not going to improve on certain things, and that's okay. You set new goals, you do different things or whatever, but you wait till you get there before you do it. And again, I'm not saying every workout is balls to the wall. I'm saying that when you do set up to go hard, you know, overload days are the days you're trying to improve your fitness. Then there are days you're trying to recover. And then there are days you're trying to maintain your fitness. And all of those days are important. Every one of them needs to be in your schedule. You can't go hard every day.
But when we are trying to improve our fitness, and I usually tell people, you know, two to three days a week are those days that you need to overload and have metrics of getting harder, then we need to try to hit the numbers. And it's really the same thing with strength training. You know, I heard uh, the other day on a podcast I listened to, I think it was Schwarzenegger's, I don't know whose it was, or you know what it wasn't, it was uh, it was the Daily Stoic and the guest on there who was a uh, performance coach said that he once heard Muhammad Ali said he doesn't start counting till it starts hurting. Um, there's a lot of truth to that. Now we say, oh, no pain, no gain. And then, you know, you know, or, or people discount that. Well, it's still kind of true. We know that there's a difference between burning and fatigue and real pain. I'm not saying we ever should work through joint pain, but it really isn't working until it starts burning. So if you're doing a set of arm curls, for example, and you're using 10 pounds and you're at number 10 and you haven't felt anything, burn in the muscle, fatigue in the muscle, no lactic acid, you really have not done anything yet. I mean, you might have maintained, but you haven't gone beyond. So in order to go beyond in strength training, it's the same principle. We have to have some numbers that will push us a little bit. So again, getting back to the quality quantity thing, of course, we don't let form go on any of this at all, but we do have to balance those two. Those two are a formed union with each other, quality and quantity. But if you're doing say 15 reps at a, uh, uh, let's just say hundred pounds on the leg extension, in order to improve those numbers, considering, or I should say, if it's the same leg extension, in other words, it just can't be one leg extension, all the metrics have to be consistent. But if it's the same leg extension you always use and you're doing 15 at 100, well, in order to really get better, it's going to have to be 15 at 110 or say 17 at 100. So I'm just giving examples of overload. But metrics do matter. Just going through the motions of going by how we feel is not going to move the needle. It's not going to really trend you in the right direction, whether it be cardio or strength training. So again, form comes first, but we do have to think about how do we pay attention to the metrics? What metrics am I trying to measure? So whatever you're doing, no, it doesn't mean every time you run. I know a lot of runners and I run. It doesn't mean that, oh, every time I run, I'm going to try for a PR. No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean that if you're on a running schedule and you're a recreational or competitive runner and you're on a running schedule, then we know that they have certain interval days they'll do, maybe like a Tuesday, Thursday, something like that. And if they're doing 400 meter repeats, then yes, they do have to strive to improve those 400 meter repeats. And at the end, say, well, everyone was about two or three seconds slower than the previous week. Is that still okay? It's like, well, of course it's okay, but you didn't get better. I mean, there's just no way around it. So you can look at it and go, all right, so what led to that? Was I too tired? Was my nutrition down? Did I not sleep the night before? Am I burned out? Do I need a break? But you have to evaluate it. And, and of course, there could be other variables like one day's hotter and all that, of course. 
But the point is, is like when it's time to go, it's time to go. A lot of people don't necessarily want to do what it takes to get better because getting better hurts. I mean, there's a lot of truth to what Ali said when he said, I don't start to count until it starts to hurt because, you know, you could look at more fitness elites, people that train all the time. So what's easy for you, you know what? It's, it's the polar opposite. It's harder. It's harder for people who are in really good condition. Let's say the top 10% of the country for their age or whatever, you know, that's really fit. It's harder for them to get more improvements. They have to work harder. Studies have shown that the more fit that you are, the greater percentages of your VO2 max that you have to go to, to get results. So a newbie can start to improve their VO2 max at say 60% of their VO2 max, which isn't a very hard effort. That's like a brisk walk where somebody who's peaked at their fitness or close to it's going to have to work at 90% of their VO2 max to move the needle. So people that are fit actually have to work harder. So can you imagine the motivation there to know that it's going to be a grind just to get better. And, you know, the good old days of just showing up and doing something don't really meet the mustard anymore. It does for maintenance and it does for maybe, you know, uh, helping with stress or making you feel better. And it's absolutely better than nothing, but getting better, it's not. So how do we do this? The first thing is pick your metrics, pick your metrics that matter. If you go to the gym to see a personal trainer, like most of you do with us, then, you know, we should want to use more load within our rep range in good form. That's a great metric. And we keep track of that. That's why we keep charts. Most important thing we keep track of in that chart is the load that you use. Because, look, people will joke around and say, oh, you missed counter. You're not a great counter. It's like, well, you try counting and keeping people in good form and then listening to them when they're yammering on about something and then trying to make sure that you're still counting. I mean, yeah. A few reps here or there, of course it matters, but what really matters is the load and the form. So the metric we pay most attention to is the load. And if the load isn't going up, you're not getting stronger. And there's just no sweet way to say it. That's all there is to it. Um, you know, if you're looking at cardio, you know, what could be your metric? Well, if you walk, if you power walk, that's great. It's great activity. But if you're doing it to improve your VO2 max, then you think, okay, so you know, at least one or two days a week, I want to see what my best mile per minute could be or my minute mile could be. You know, maybe I'll, my goal is to get under a 15 if I walk. Okay. If you run, same thing, one or two days a week. Or when you do intervals, you focus on your speed, but you find a metric you can measure and you measure it and you keep track of it. Like, I like to keep fitness journals. It was funny. I had a, uh, my physical uh, earlier, well, what was it? Last week. And, um, I, I was like, what did I weigh last year? You know, because even though I'm in good shape and everything, I'm just like you. I think the same way. I'm like, am I, you know, going to go in about the same because I don't want the raised eyebrow, you know? So I looked back on the journal. I'm like, oh, so this is the weight I was weighing at. I'm almost like identical to when I walked in last time. And I was able to go back and look at my journal and see that. And then sure enough, when I stepped on the scale, like I wasn't surprised because I'd pay attention to those things. I recorded those things. So it was literally one pound over, you know, I even felt the need to justify that. No, I really didn't at all. Um, but you know, there's different ways that we do it, but we have to do it. And there's just no soft way to say that if you're not paying attention to it, it's probably because you don't want to know 
but the best way to improve is to know. All right. So now let me thank Jeff and Zach Hawk of Overhead Door of Daytona Beach. And I've got a really cool story to share. And uh, my one of my clients said, you know, make sure you tell your podcaster. And I said, yeah, I'm going to because that is, you know, the whole purpose of trying to promote people. A few days ago, uh, this client sent a text or called. I don't know. I just got the, the second part of it, but that they couldn't get out of their garage because something happened mechanically with a storm or something. And their garage door was absolutely stuck. And I don't even know if they have an overhead garage door. I know that they've used them for service before, but she knew that they're one of our sponsors and we know them. And so she called or texted and um, told Ellen there was an issue going on and to get a hold or if we could get a hold of Zach, the son who lives up in Ormond. He said, sure, sure. So we reached out to Zach and said, hey, one of our clients is having trouble. She thinks she's used you for service before. He was there in like five minutes because he doesn't live that far from her house. And he was already at home. He drove to her house. He fixed the problem. He got them out. And she was so relieved. I mean, that's what you get when you have hometown customer service. That's what you get. You get people that care reputation wise. You know, they know us. We know them. We know the clients. You know, it's like tight circle. So it's like, we want to do our best because our reputation depends on it. And that's what they gave her. And she was so thrilled. So consider that whenever you want an overhead garage door of any kind, because not only are they the best, but you get the best customer service. So they can be reached at overheaddoordaytona.com or hit me up and I'll get you the number.